Roll tide, everybody, and welcome to Bama Talk. I'm Steve Sample, along with engineer-producer Mark Phillips at Airwave Recording Studio in Birmingham, Alabama. And as we make our way into the month of May, we're pretty amped up about all the awesome things that occurred in April for Alabama people. Just this last weekend, a large contingent of the Crimson Tide's 2012 team made major news in Manhattan, where they set a school record with nine players being selected in the NFL draft. And Bama's big day in the Big Apple got even better when the first round featured the first time three players from the same team had ever been taken in a row when D. Milliner joined the Jets, Chance Warmack was taken by the Tennessee Titans, and D.J. Fluker was drafted by the San Diego Chargers. So while the Tide was taking top billing in the city that never sleeps, the Packers selected Eddie Lacy on the draft's second day, and five more former Tiders were taken on day three, with Nico Johnson being chosen by the Kansas City Chiefs. Barrett Jones became a St. Louis Ram. The Seattle Seahawks selected Jesse Williams. Quentin Dials, now a San Francisco 49er, and Michael Williams was drafted by the Detroit Lions. But that's not all. Damian Square didn't make it to Times Square, but he signed a free agent contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Tinker took a free agent offer from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Carolina Panthers put Robert Lester on their free agent roster. So the nine we had selected in this year's draft made it the most Crimson Tiders taken since 1987 when eight landed in the league, but it was one short of the record set in, believe it or not, 1945 when Alabama put 10 players in the NFL. Now, over just the last five years, Bama's had 34 find their way into the league, so watching pro football on Sundays and Mondays will mean seeing a lot of familiar faces this fall. Out of 254 picks made over three days, 63 players came from SEC schools, which made up almost 25% of the total number taken by the league. The next closest conference was the ACC with 30. The Pac-12 had 28 taken. The Big 12 had 22. The Big East had 21. And the Big 10, that bastion of academic integrity, if you don't believe so, just ask them, had 20. So when the conversation's about the competitive levels in the country's best conferences, it's pretty clear where the cream of the crop comes from these days. So the Tide, along with the LSU Tigers led the SEC with both teams having nine make the march across the stage in Manhattan. And by the way, it's not surprising that 31 players that played in those 2011 games between Bama and the Bengals have been drafted since then. As for the rest of the conference, Florida and Georgia were next with eight. Uh, South Carolina had seven. Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas A&M all had four. Mississippi State had three. Missouri and Vanderbilt had two taken with national football powerhouses Kentucky and Auburn bringing up the rear with one pick apiece. Now, another development that played out in April was the announcement that the commissars behind college football's playoff that'll commence next year have conspired to curtail the number of tickets available to competing schools. The allotment for each institution will fall from 17500 to 12500 and we're just wondering if the people that came up with that plan have arranged for police protection. It'll be interesting to see who gets the job of explaining this faux pas to the fans, and they may want to make sure they do it from far enough away to make small arms fire ineffective. But on a brighter note, Bama's gymnastics team celebrated another successful year at their season-ending banquet, which was held last Saturday. Sarah Patterson's pupils placed third in the country at the NCAA championships, which counted as the Crimson Tide's fifth consecutive top three finish. It was also the 22nd time the Tides finished in one of the final three spots, which is top 
tops in the NCAA among gymnastics teams. So it's been a big month for Bama folks, and we're excited about having one of our alums with us today. But before we get to our guest, we want to remind you to check out our Bama Talk Facebook page. We're having a lot of fun with it, and we're hearing from Bama fans from all over the world. Thanks to the internet, you can access it from anywhere, anytime, so be sure to take time to chime in and let us know you're out there. If you've got Bama buddies that don't know about it, be a pal and let them in on the party. You can follow Bama Talk Show on Twitter now, too, so take a minute to get hooked up so you can stay caught up with what's going down. And what's about to go down is we found out a great Bama football player's back in town. He was a star quarterback at Union County High School in Lake Butler, Florida, where he led his team to three straight state titles. As a senior, he was one of Florida's top 10 college prospects, and he had offers from a number of high-profile programs, including several schools in the SEC. After setting school passing records while he played the position at Bama, he's back in the place where we know his face, and we're really glad to be able to get to spend some time finding out what he's been doing since he handed in his helmet after the 2001 season. Andrew Zhao, it's good to see you, man. What you up to these days? I am a coach, full-time dad, definitely a full-time husband, and uh, raising my own kids, raising other kids too. Uh, down in Montevallo, having a good time down there coaching, getting ready to kick off a, a good spring this year and uh, looking for another season. But overall, man, I, I've been been away from football for a few years as far as playing it, but uh, can't get, a, get it far enough away from it to stay. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, and if you've got raising kids and you're married and yeah. you're coaching football, you got three full-time jobs. Three full-time jobs, Full-time. Yes. Full-time. I'm talking about yeah. all the time. Yeah, man, well, that's great. Hey, you know, what I've always wondered, uh, you're from Lake Butler, Florida. Yes, yes. And that's fairly close to Gainesville. Right there, 30 minutes away. 30, 30 minutes. minutes away, oh, you can smell it from there. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, can hear, you can hear the gator bait all day. Mm, chomp. <laughs> well, well, we've stomped that chomp a couple of times, and you had something to do with it, at least two of them. Definitely had some t- uh, mm. some things to do with it. Enjoyed every bit of it, oh, too. We, yeah. you know, we're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah. I can't wait. You know, like I say, you grew up in gator country. You had a fabulous High school career, but you wound up at Alabama. Three high school state championships. Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. man. Enjoyed it. Uh, I know there was talk about you playing linebacker yeah, in some circles, yeah, but those were coaches you wound up not playing and for. Not, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you certainly had the build and the skill for it, but you wanted to play quarterback. Did. Sure did. What all happened in your recruiting process that led you to Alabama? i tell you what. Jeff Rousey, linebacker coach at Alabama. Who was from Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Did a great, great job of recruiting me. My mom used to – you know, she would go to the fields and she'll bring corn, peas, and all stuff like that. So he enjoyed coming and recruiting me because we always send him back home with something he you. can eat. Uh, but he did outstanding. I didn't know at the time that Coach Dubose was going to be the head coach. So it was a switch between he and Coach Stallings. And uh, when I got the the information that Coach Dubose was going to be the head coach, I said, "Hey, man, I I like Alabama. I'm definitely going to win a national championship while I'm there." I felt like that because uh, you know Alabama, you you know history, you know Class A program doing it the right way, and uh, but I had, an, I had a hiccup, man. I actually committed to Auburn before I um, came to Alabama. and Have mercy. Yeah, I know, I know. I, changed, yeah, I remember hearing about yeah, that. Yeah, I changed my mind on the flight back. And, uh, and really, the recruiting process was so good for me as far as uh, with Coach uh, Rousey and, and coming on my visit, had a good time. Um, and then Coach Rousey really just, you know, recruiting me hard, had me believing that I could play quarterback at Alabama. Yeah, the funny thing about it is, of course, that was under when your recruiting process started. That was under Coach Stallings' regime because yes. this is ninety five, ninety six, ninety six, yeah, ninety seven. Yeah. Your freshman fall, yes, yes okay. Yep. And and then of course things got a little 
little funky there. Yeah, it did. It did. And um, unfortunately, his uh, coach Stallings' career was cut short. Seventy wins in seven years. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, the president of the university couldn't get along with him. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that because as a as a recruit, you you think okay, Coach Stallings, the guy. I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. He's offense. a good guy. Yeah. He's and, winning. What's yeah, the problem? Monumental. I mean, you, he draw. I mean, the draw that he could bring. And I, you know, listen to the players and talking to him, talking to him now. I've always said, man, it would been great to play for him. Um, the players that play for him, love man, him. they love him. And uh, and I, I sort of get a little jealous of that. But uh, Coach Debose, I think, did a great job for for me. And um, uh, it didn't go the way we wanted to at times. But sure, you know, Coach Stallings one of those guys that he won that national championship as well. So that made put him on a, a big pedestal. Well, you know, he, he was one of the Junction boys for yeah, Texas A and M under Coach Bryant played on, and then then was a head coach at Texas A and M, coached at Alabama under Coach Bryant yeah. a long time. Uh, and then spent 14 years under Tom Landry with the Cowboys. Yeah. The man knows football. He does. He does you know, know football. You got to stop the run. You got to be able to run the ball and be ahead in the plus t- and yeah. in takeaways. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. I've heard him say it a million times. He was almost the head coach at Navy. But getting back to that, uh, what was the, with the recruiting process? And of course, you're you're just a, a swamp away from Gainesville. Yeah. There and Steve Spurrier is in the middle. Of yeah. that heyday. I mean, Florida didn't do anything for 70 years. Right. But when he got there in 90, they had that 10 or 11, 12-year run. Yeah, they did. They and that did. was right in the middle of it. Yeah, they had a 96. They won national championship. And um, a lot of guys from – Your know, senior year in high yeah, school. two of my um, classmates. One of them committed early. The other one, Gerard Warren, committed later on. But, uh, you know, I was – I tore my ACL going into my senior year in Florida, Florida State. Not so much Florida State, but Florida backed off. Miami backed off. Uh, Florida State wanted me to wait and see what Chris Winkie was going to do. And I was like, hey, man. He was already 40 Exactly. I'm the torn ACL. What am I going to do with – I got to take what I can get right now. And and then I just made a commitment to to Auburn and had an opportunity to change my mind, and I did that. And um, like I said, my visit went great. Recruiting, like I said, the recruiting process and where I was from, because we had like four or five guys out of our class, was being recruited. We're taking visits. You know, we're country boys, not really, you know, not knowing a whole lot. So um, it was fun. Well, you know, I, I know you had what seven brothers and a sister. So yeah. I'm so I'm guessing competitions not six, was, six brothers and a sister. Six yeah. brothers yeah, six and six a brothers. sister, yes, sir. So. So competition wasn't like a new deal for no, you. No, not at all. I, you know, I, I, I've never been afraid of competition. My the brother that's closest to me is seven years. Well, older. if you were, you, were you to start exactly? <laughs> and my the one that's closest to me is seven years older. And we used it was dogfight. You the baby? Yeah, I'm the baby of eight. And uh, we used to really get after it and have a have some knockdown dragouts and and whatever it was. You competed in. I don't care. I didn't like baseball, but I had to compete in it. Uh, whatever I did in in the backyard and. Uh, basketball was unreal in my backyard. We played on dirt courts, and uh, when I finally got to the age of about 14, uh, no one in the neighborhood could really hang with me So in basketball. And basketball was my first love, and um, but I figured football would be my ticket, so uh, and, and I really fell in love with football as well. Yeah, when you walk in the room, I don't think basketball player. You, no. You, you, <laughs> think, you think football player. Folks, this man looks like a linebacker oh, sitting man. here. Try to imagine that. Anyway, you know, I read a thing a while back where, uh, like, like a lot of us, mm-hmm. uh, you and your mom were very close. Um, tell us about the part she played in you winding up in Alabama, and did she get to see you play much? Oh, she did. Every time she got an opportunity, but how she got me or how we end up coming to Alabama – I changed my mind from Auburn and was on my and didn't really undecided where I wanted to go, and um, you know she said, "I tell you what, let's pray about it." And she said, "Write down where you think it should go, 
and I'll write down where I think um, you right now. I, I, um, she said, well, let me write down where I think it should go. And I did that and she did. And I, the whole time, I'm whole, all night, I, we prayed about it. And the whole night, I'm sitting there and said, please put down Alabama. <laughs> so the next morning, I got up and she handed me a sheet of paper that said Alabama. And uh, man, we hugged, we we thank God, and uh, it was a, it was a blessing. It's been it's been huge, big big part of my life is that that moment with my my mom. Those twenty four hours of making that decision uh, has has really made a difference in my life, and uh, she was a big part of that. She she came to every game she could. She all the home games she would make it up. Her my um, my girlfriend at the time, and now my wife. Uh, make the seven and a half, eight hour, tr- hour trip every Saturday. Where oh, it's we at playing. least that far. Yeah, yeah. She would, she make that trip, and uh, it's always good to see him up in the stands or see him walking up the stairs. And uh, it's always good when you know, you know pregame to see your family up there. But my mom has always been my biggest uh, supporter, um, biggest fan. You know, we know I was little league. I would score a touchdown in little league. My, yeah, I looked to the sideline, running on the track. That's my mom running with me. So she was that lady. She was that mom. So, but she she it's like want, an old soup commercial. Yeah, exa- exactly. You know, she didn't really want me to play at first. Um, she wouldn't pay the money to you know for me to play little league. My brother sort of, hey, I'll pay the money. So once once he paid that money and her baby was out there, you know, she was there too. Big fan. Oh huh? yeah, man. Yeah. Now now what I'm curious about is. Uh, it, whether you know or not, what was the thing? Now you know why you liked Alabama. Whatever mm-hmm. your reasons were, yeah. what swayed her, Coach Rousey? Coach Rousey. I mean, the way he um, was this, the humble humbleness of him, and uh, the way he carried himself throughout that recruitment. Because she didn't make a visit with me, um, and and her believing. She's a praying lady. I don't know how many times she's she's come to games. But how much of it she watches, I'm not sure. My wife would tell me now she would always have her head down praying. You know, either score a touchdown, don't get hurt, whatever it is, she was always praying. So uh, she's she's that lady. She's that lady who's going to pray about it. And when she gets it, uh, a good feeling, she she gets a good feeling. And she had a good feeling about Coach Rousey. Like I said, he, I owe a lot to him um, of, of recruiting me the way he did. And uh, it, it was a blessing to have him. as my, You know, it all, all works out for a reason. And he had to be my recruiter, and uh, he, he did an outstanding job. All things for the good. Yes, sir. You know what's what always – or never ceases to amaze me, is Jeff Rousey was a linebacker at Alabama and a really good one. Really good. Uh, yeah. In the late 60s, early 70s under Coach him, yes. Bryant. And he, like I say, he was from Jacksonville Bowles High yeah. School. Yeah. And he had knee injuries. Yes. Now, 40 years ago, you had a knee injury, or even 15, 16 oh, yeah. years ago, the rehab and the rehab, all that was not like it is now. No, it, it was tough. I know. Um, he was back back then. They butchered you, um, and then oh, they just cut you up. Yeah, and now, I tell you what. When I had my surgery, I had a specialist out of Orlando do mine, and uh, I was actually uh, able to. I got hurt in May, had surgery June seventh, and I was back in four months playing. And now, now you see guys going under, getting scoped, yeah, and they're back, back out to practice yeah, in three yeah, weeks. Exactly. You know, exactly. but getting back to Coach Rousey, okay. Coach Rousey came up under Coach Bryant, mm-hmm. was still around. 25 years later, recruiting you. Yeah. And now we're still talking about that. Yeah. This lineage goes back to the 30s. Yeah. Coach Bryant actually finished high school in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa High School. But when, when he came, moved in from Arkansas to, to come to Alabama, he was short a couple of credits and he mm-hmm. took, took his last couple of courses at Tuscaloosa High School. Wow. You know, so it's the, the this Alabama legacy 
you know, it's all the roots are always deeper yeah. than it looks like on the surface. You're right. Uh, you know, and that's why that's one of the reasons I got such a big kick out of seeing all your quarterbacks out there at the yeah. A Day game yeah. having some fun and and throwing around. And, and speaking of fun. The 98 Florida game in Tuscaloosa, we were kind of struggling. They were riding high, but we kept it close. You came in late in that game and darn near pulled that thing out. Yeah. I think they wound up winning 16 to 10. Yeah, it but, was. But it was supposed to, they were about a two touchdown oh, my favorite. Goodness, yeah. And what was that game kind of a mile mark? I always felt like that game kind of turned a corner for you. It did, man. I, I tell you, that game, I was so, it, I was so amped up that, that Florida was in town. Uh, it was like, hey, I just want to see Florida play and, and us against Florida. And had two teammates that were on the team, and uh, and when I I'm on the sideline, I'm watching John David go through it, and he's really getting pounded. And I'm and I'm thinking at the time, thank God I'm not in right now. And all of a sudden, Zal, you're in, and I'm like, what me? So I go in and I'm running around like you know, a true freshman, I mean, redshirt like a fr- freshman, redshirt freshman yeah. running around, not really knowing what's going on, but making plays. And um, got towards the end of that thing, and uh, I. Remember Calvin Hall was running down to my right side and I saw the safety trying to play me right in the middle and I pumped him left and threw it to Calvin and Calvin's wide open and Calvin catches it and falls down. And so we're running, it's all panic. And I can remember uh, we had a couple of plays, one called clock where I'm throwing a five yard out and the other one's called kill where I just spike it. And I heard clock. So I'm running down the field, five yard out. That's what I'm going to throw. Get down to the, that's to kill, I mean, to get out of bounds. And Sean Alexander walks up to my right, and I said, Sean, what are you doing? Back up. So he backs up, and I try to throw that five-yard out, and Calvin Hall is looking at me. And I threw it right in the hands of another guy. And never – I watched that game a few years ago, and right at that moment I turned it off. So uh, every time I get to that point, it's just hard to re- you know try to m- imagine – you know, me giving that game away like that. But it was a tough game. And well, I, you're a redshirt freshman, yeah. and you're playing – and Florida was in the top They're two top, or three, two, top, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and we're talking about elite-level Division One athletes with with an elite coach. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. This ain't high school. Yeah, you're right. You know, now, the 98 LSU game in Baton Rouge <laughs> – yeah was one of the best ones I've ever watched. And again, they're a big favorite that year, and you're hearing all the typical talk about Tiger Stadium, blah, 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 blah. We got behind. LSU came out on fire, went right down the field. Thought it was going to be just a stomping. But we came back. Quincy Jackson had a big... Big game, and you had another one of those roll out oh, to the right yeah. and throw it down the yeah. sideline. We come back to win twenty two to sixteen. What do you remember about that game? Um, what was fun about it to you? Fun about that game was the the last you know five minutes of that game. The the first however many minutes was it was just you know just grueling because they were you know tough brutal. De- yeah tough you know tough defense. Uh, Herb Tyler and uh, Kevin Falk, those guys are making so many plays. And at the end, I can remember pumping, you know, Sean Alexander. We always ran a wheel route to Sean. And threw him a wheel route. He caught it for a touchdown. I throw it to Quincy. The last play that I threw to Quincy, I threw two touchdowns to Quincy that were tip balls. And I roll out and I said, just get it up enough if I can. Get it to Quincy because he'll be open because he beat the guy off the line. And just that whole game. I mean, I guess I can't pick out one point. But uh, that game itself was really great for for, for Bama Nation and uh, what but we were trying guys, to do. You just kept making just plays. Just kept making plays at the end. And I can remember, um, you know, Pope kicking the onside kick, Jason McCallie jumping on it, 
and we had a chance. Daniel Pope was a yes. great kicker. Great kicker. He 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 wasn't our kickoff guy. He was our was a punter. punter. Yeah, and he came and kicked the best onside kick ever. He looked he looked like Charles Atlas too. <laughs> you, you see him on the street, you think that's a punter. I know it. He is huge. He looks he, like somebody's bodyguard. He was. A, he could have been a linebacker for us. Oh man. Hey. Okay. October second, nineteen ninety nine, in the swamp. Now we the we lost the week before. I was there, yeah. Legion Field, 29 to 28 in the last minute, two oh of all people, Louisiana I Tech. Know it. La Tech. Oh my so God. now we're, uh, I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, we're walking out of the stadium, just, just, everyone's sick. Oh, yeah. just, just How? sick. How? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you head for the games for a game with the Gators. They're ranked number three. Yeah. They were on a 30 game win streak at the time. Spurrier. I remember saying his game plan was to shop, stop Sean Alexander, yeah. who who was at the in the last year of an incredible yeah, college was. career, and make you beat him throwing the ball, and you did. In one of the great games of all time, you guys won forty to thirty nine. Sean had a great game. Chris Samuels was a beast that yes, day. He was AC Carter? Yeah. What was it like going in the swamp? I mean, basically down the street from your oh, house man. and beating Spurrier in his house in overtime. In the swamp. I get the goosebumps thinking about that. I'm telling you, I'm getting goosebumps now. Uh, just going down to that game, it was uh, knowing I had family, friends, friends on the other team. I can remember one of my buddies, Gerard Warren, talking so much trash throughout the game. But just, oh. but it was fun. It was friend friendly. And uh, but it's personal. It is personal. And because the year before, it, that same uh, summer before that, he caught me in the mall in Gainesville, and oh. he, him and about eight of his buddies caught my wife and I down there and. Uh, he was really giving it to me. So, but once we go into that stadium, and nothing's like that stadium. I believe that's the loudest stadium I've ever be, been in, um, from from just atmosphere. Well, they're so close to the field. They're yes. just right on yeah, top. Yeah, right of on top you. of you. And uh, that game started, and and they were they were they were who they are. Well, you know? I think part of Florida's deal too is they went so many decades being so average in football that when they finally started taking it seriously when Spurrier got there in yeah. 1990 after we'd been winning national championships for 75 years, yeah. they were so excited they make a lot more noise. Yeah, they, they, you, know you know what? They, they were. Because Florida fans think they invented football in 1990. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, that's when it all started. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, you know, Sean had a, uh, a great game in the Iron Bowl that year too, yeah, 98 sure at Legion sure Field. What's it, what's it like to be on the field playing quarterback for Alabama under the lights on national TV against our biggest local rival in the Iron Bowl. Uh, that I would. I, I Can always, you even see straight when the game starts? No, no. It is. It is unbelievable. It's, it's, it's having um, the the fans going crazy. The the players are so amped up. Coaches are amped up, and you just have to sort of you know control yourself before and, until the game starts. And once the game starts, you sort of get back in the game. Mode. I'd have but, to have a catheter. Yeah, but before then, it's, it is. It is really. It's heart pounding. It's, it's all the things that it, that it looks like. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a game where every play, every play is important. Every play is you hit hard or you get you're hitting someone. My senior year, I was trying to block and do everything else to win the game. But uh, that game in itself, it, it, you can't describe what goes on in a, in in our heads or in a player's head uh, throughout that game. Especially, you know, I, I'm not from Alabama, but if you're from Alabama, you I, are now. Oh yeah, most definitely. But <laughs> but the, the the importance of that game in my freshman year, I didn't want to dress out for that game. Coach Dubose asked me '97, uh, "Hey, dress out for this game?" I was like, "No, I decided to go home." And he was shocked that I wasn't going. Um, and, I, and I told him, hey, you can give my ticket to, I think it was a walk-on kid who was a senior. I said, give my tickets to him. But after that, I realized, even I, when I was home that in 97 and we lost um, right at the end, 
I realized that game is bigger, and I've never realized how important it is to the fans. And it's 365. It's, yes, it is. It is. Uh, even the kids. I mean, I, when I first got to Alabama and went and spoke to a local elementary school in Tuscaloosa, I walked through a door, didn't look down, but it's, it was an Auburn map that I walked on. One of the elementary school kids said, what are you doing? You have to turn around and go back. I said, what do you mean? I looked down, it was an Auburn map. So I had to walk back out of the elementary school and walk on the Alabama map. And that's when I told my mom, I said, these people are crazy. <laughs> really? You're I, right. Yeah, I mean, it saw them, they saw them young. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and I, and I, you know, but I enjoy that rival. I think there's no, no rival in America is anything like it. Oh, it's, yeah, be, you know, because it is it is unique. It is. You, it you is. know, we live together. We go to church together. We have jobs together. We yeah. socialize. We're friends. But that, but. And there's no other distractions like other sports. Well, you know, and, and but the thing about that too is, you know, college football was big in Alabama before pro football before, was yeah. big anywhere. Yeah. So the people will say, well, the only reason they're so crazy about college football is because they don't have pro football. Don't no, no, know no. what they're talking about. No. It is. They, it from, is huge. they don't know their history. No, it is. It is huge here. I, mean, I grew up in right there, the Florida, Florida State, the Florida Georgia rival. It can't. It doesn't have, hold a candlestick to this Alabama all no, thing. No, uh, it's no. really big. It, it, you know, is you know, it's out of kilter as it seemed to be with that coaching staff in 99 and things were starting to mm-hmm. get a little funny and you know more about it than I do. Uh, we wind up with a rematch against Florida in the SEC championship yeah. game in Atlanta. And once again, everybody's thinking, oh, ain't no way Florida's going to lose this time. No. They all mad now. Yeah, yeah. You know, Alabama went down there and beat them, made them mad in the swamp. Um, it's a, and then you guys beat them like a drum all night, thirty-four to seven. Yeah. And I don't know if it was really that close. It wasn't that. Reggie close. Grimes scored a yes, touchdown. Yes, Reggie, yeah. Big G, yeah. Big G picked one off, and it was a tip ball. He picked it off and took it back to the house. But that game, I was, I at first you think you know Florida on turf, fast, and I'm like wow. I mean, but we but Alabama had sort of became that team as well. We're fast. We had athletes. Um, so and and we had an offensive coordinator and a defense coordinator. I mean, we had guys. Well, that, Freddie Millens took one seventy seven that Freddie night. Mills, you know, Freddie Millens in the Wildcat before Wildcat was. You know, he was that guy. We would put him back there. He would be that Wildcat guy. And when Freddie did that, and there were some other things that happened in that game that were unbelievable. Players were making plays. Um, you know, Chris Samuels is is unreal. Uh, I can remember in the, even in the first time we played him, in the second time, he was like, "Zal, he won't touch you." And we're talking about Alex Brown because a week before that we played him the first time, he had sacked uh, T. Martin twelve times or something like that. And Alex Brown's still playing in the NFL yeah, exactly now. Yeah, and Chris said he won't touch you. And Chris Samuels made plays that night just by you know not letting that guy get a hold of us. And uh, uh, that game itself was big and for Alabama. And, but you know another and another thing that's big about it. And I'm sure you know this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Yeah. Now there's Coach Dubose, who and he had he had a short career there as head mm-hmm. coach. He was there four years. Uh, this was easily the, his best season. Yeah. Oh yeah. An SEC championship. Oh yeah. You know, uh, but he beat we beat uh, t- Spurrier coach teams twice in one year, yeah. and neither one of the games was at our place. You're right. And that's. That's yeah. something you that's, can take to the grave tough. with. Yes, yes, that's you know, right. That's and I tough. bet you, I, you know, I've never thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Twice in one year, Twice at the swamp and in the SEC, SEC championship, championship yeah. game. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's strong that medicine strong. right there. Very strong. You know, going back to you know, uh, Tyler Watts was on the show uh, yeah. a couple of months ago. You and Tyler were both talented guys. You're both 
Uh, you both played. You both had injuries mm-hmm. here and there. Uh, and there was always talk about you know who's going to play the next yeah. game. Yeah. But in spite of that, plus a coaching situation that was kind of coming apart at the seams, yeah. you guys won games and you made history. Yeah. And that really supersedes all that. It really transcends those those – up close microscopic things you're going through that seem so big when you're yeah. when you're that young. You know, they say iron sharpens iron. Did it help you make help did that help you make you the player that you were by the time you left? Yeah, uh I, I, I say this as a as a young man, as a as a Christian young man trying to find yourself in the world and, and you going through those battles, um, not just on the field, but in life, uh, of of do you be a good teammate? Do you be the teammate that that makes it complains and uh, and and I chose the to be a good teammate and servant and, and, leader yeah and try to be the best I can be and if I had my opportunity step on the field I can remember coach's uh, friend at telling me after one of the games my senior year it was like I'm sorry you didn't play and I told him I said coach no matter what happens to Andrews out Alabama Andrews out is going to be fine and because I felt as if you know God had a plan for my life and I'll just continue to prepare myself as if I'm going to start. And if I start, hey, that's great. If I don't, hey, I've, I've, I've graduated from a great university and I've had a good time doing it. And, and, and look good. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and nobody's been a quarterback in number five since then. No, but I, I, know I, I know it. I know you it. Know? And I, I, I saw uh, it was uh, right after I left, um, what was a, I forget his name, wide receiver, who's number five in Alabama. And, Chris uh, Black. And, no, it was a smaller kid. I don't yeah. Think, yeah, he was like right when I left. About 180. And I said, uh, man, that five looks a whole lot smaller now. <laughs> it, it, does. it does. Oh, yeah. Does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, now I, this is the one I love talking about because yeah. uh, I enjoyed this about as much as any game I'd seen up to that point, the 2001 Iron Bowl in Auburn. Oh, man, yeah. Now, most of us that are old enough to remember – you know all the lead up and who was going to play yeah. and who's who and Tyler and did it and, uh, yeah. and Andrew and Auburn again. Auburn was favored. Yeah. We were four and five at the time, yeah. having kind of a tough year. Yeah. And the Southern Miss game had been postponed yes. because of uh, 9-11, Yes, which we played a week later in a monsoon, monsoon. at Legion yes. Field. I oh was there, oh. knee deep. It was. I'm talking about nastiest game I ever went to, it but it, but well. we won. It yeah. was fun. But we go to Auburn four and five. It's on national TV. It's a beautiful day. It was. You know, and you guys come out and beat them like a rented mule. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about yeah. it. Uh, building up to that game, Tyler got hurt the, the week or so before. And actually, yeah, the week or so before, before that. And uh, going to that game, it was a, a great game plan for, for what how I could be successful. You know, my game is to – I can sling it around, but I definitely could hand it off and, and make the short passes and throw it deep if I need to. And and Coach uh, uh, Coach Kenny came up with a great game plan for me in that game. And if you can remember during that game, seniors were making a lot of plays on defense on um, on, on the offense side of the ball. Freddie Millens was catching passes again, and uh, Terry Jones Jr. was catching passes. You know, a lot of guys just making plays as seniors that year. Uh, I can remember handing the ball off, you know, going to block because you want to win that game so bad. Santonio had San Antonio, a San Antonio Beard and, and uh, Amar Galloway had outstanding games. Offensive line were a bunch of red redshirt freshmen, and they were just making a lot of plays as well. Um, but uh, during that game, it got to a point where, hey, guys, we it it may be look closer than it is. It's early. It may look closer, but we I feel like we're going to win this game going away. And all of a sudden, um, right before half, uh, we made a outstanding. 
uh, call. Coach, all week we had planned on those guys blitzing from the field on this particular This is the play. one you threw to Jason yeah. McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, my you know my roommate. Uh, my biggest thing with him, he when I threw it up, I didn't know if he was gonna see it because he couldn't see. You know, he, was he gonna catch it? And did I overthrow him? Did I underthrow him? Um, but we had all week we had anticipated them blitzing from the field, and they blitzed from the boundary, and that's why I was running to my right. And when I saw him, I was like, please don't underthrow him or overthrow him. Just make sure he catches it. Well, he was so wide open, yeah, he, he looked was. like he was out to practice yeah, early. Yeah, he was. He was, and. You know, it was end up being one of the the, the backbreakers for him. We we actually did a Daniel Moore of it and a game and that, breaker, and that yeah. was right there before the end of the first half, right before the end of the half. Yes, and 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 then, but you know, we we make that play, and then all of a sudden we come back in the second half. The first play out the gate, I throw a bomb to Freddie. He catches on the sideline, and then the next play, San Antonio Beard takes it 50, 60 yards. So that you know that it was on. It was man. on. Then it was it was a route. Um, I can remember guys just you know joking on the field about. You know what assignments they had, uh, San Antonio and TJ or Terry Jones Jr. Uh, you know, just joking about what assignment because it became fun. It became like practice. Guys were making so many big plays, um, and guys were still hitting. Now Auburn was still hitting because I got I got my helmet cricket one time. You know, getting hit. Guy hit me pretty good, and I had to shout to get my, my brains back right. But uh, you know, those guys still play hard. And oh yeah, um, but our guys were definitely um, the the game plan itself, the the defense, the offense, everything was working. Um, you're pretty good, but we also, you know, I think at the beginning of the game, knocked out Cadillac, so that helped. Well, that, you know, that was that was toward the front because yeah, that was, I think it was a rib or something. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was in the first quarter. First quarter, I think he dislocated his shoulder. I think it was shoulder, shoulder. shoulder. I, yeah, yeah, you think yeah, you're right, yeah. and that was his fresh, true freshman, freshman year, year yeah. I believe. So yeah. had Ronnie Brown who backed him up, who came and ran the ball hard. As yeah, well. them yeah. boys still playing. The boys are still good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, that wasn't a high school team we no. beat that day. Those no. were yeah, those guys were playing hard. Yeah, I mean, you we we earned that one. You guys did anyway. Hey, you know, you were uh, you were there with Fran. Mm-hmm. That last year, his first year, your last year, right? You know, he he seemed to kind of put the thing back together, and it was headed in the weight program. I know yeah. that was a big deal yeah, for him, uh, strength and conditioning. And I'm not sure there had been quite the emphasis on it before. Right. Uh, you could you could cl- it was it, I mean, we, it was there. Uh, I think Frank. What Frank came in was with organization from top to bottom. Um, I'm not sure how I, I know. Coach Terry Jones Jr., who's been down there for years. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was uh, – not Terry Jr., but senior. Yeah. Been down there for years, and uh, he was one of the hard- hardest guys I've ever dealt with as far as strength and conditioning. And uh, But it was there. I think the, the thing that we had to do is, as a a unit, as a team, is buy into it. Uh, and Fran sort of pushed that envelope a little bit. You know, and he was kind of a weird little guy, you know, but he he did seem to have a knack for getting things headed in a good direction. Sure did, sure did. And that, uh, uh, you know, so so I'm curious what, you know, uh, you know, of course the next year you were already gone, mm-hmm. but, you know, he kind of had one foot out the door the week of that yeah. Auburn game that yeah. we lost in Tuscaloosa that – we shouldn't have lost. I, no, and I remember asking guys who were still on the team. I said, "Is Coach Fran leaving?" And I remember those guys specifically saying, "You know, I went and sat in Coach Fran's office, and Coach Fran told me, no, he's not leaving.' Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was some of the guys were telling me, and I, and I felt like, and I was always relaying, "Hey, look, what I'm hearing right now, he's not leaving." Um, and then to hear that he left was shocking. I, mean, I was, you know, had a foot in my mouth as well. Never even said goodbye. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you know, it, 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 my my yeah. my memory of it was that you know basically he showed up in a news conference in College Station and wow, 
And uh, one I, of the reporters here that uh, still works in Birmingham was, you know, trying to get him to say something and just could, no, couldn't get him to talk, him you know. Anything. So uh, I, I know it was an uncomfortable situation for everybody, and it certainly, yeah. um, you know, it was unfortunate uh, some of the things it led to. But what what was it like playing for him? It was uh, it was different. Now, he was very strict, and I think he was – he aggrav- to me, he aggravated the quarterbacks too much. But, you know, that was one of his things, man. He was always on the quarterbacks and – uh, picky, yeah, a little bit, but I think he was. He was. I, I think that was part of it, though. That was just his his mo. Uh, Coach Kenning did a great job, but playing for him, I felt like I was really under uh, Coach Kenny, who who taught me more football in those that six seven months that he was with me um, than I've ever learned. Um, you know, I noticed something now that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I I always watch warmups. Yeah. And I, and I like to spend part of the time watching the quarterbacks, the different things they do. And I noticed one time when he was there, he had you guys making throws from uh, n- not your normal kind of posture, yeah. the kind of odd throws you might have to make in the game oh, where yeah. your feet aren't set, you are not, right. you don't have the weight transfer, all that kind of yep. thing. So you're doing some kind yeah. of things like that. Well, yeah. it, was, it was pretty cool, pretty yeah, modern Coach stuff. Yeah, one of those guys who was just, who was, like you say, he would he would come up with things that you have to do. It was just different way of doing it. Um, but uh, overall, playing on the coach Fran was different. You know, Coach Dubose was a little more – he didn't have a whole lot to do with the quarterbacks because he was a defensive-minded guy. Coach Fran was sort of uh, – had to have his hands on everything uh, and, and teach his own. I mean, everyone has their way of coaching it. Uh, but Fran was that, that guy who was really uh, – he uh, he was on you. I mean, it, it, made, it made you sometimes as a quarterback, as a player, feel a little uncomfortable, especially at the uh, quarterback position because you, you already got enough pressure as is to, to play the position. But – uh, Fran was that guy who was always on you, always, and you see him coming, you're like, oh man. And Coach Kenny was sort of trying to warn you on Friday nights, hey, this is what we're going over in meetings. Uh, be prepared for it. So uh, we'll prepare ourselves for for. Well, if I'm not mistaken, too, 2001, didn't you guys have a pretty good game against LSU? Uh, we sure did. We sure did. Shut I, them out. 2001. Was that, well, I believe it was. I want to say it was 31 to nothing. I may no, have no, my no, years no, that, that was after I left. That okay. was 2002. Oh, okay. 2002, yeah, they really they really put it on LSU that following year. I think that was uh, Coach uh, Saban's second year there. It could have been, yeah. yeah. I Coach believe Saban's you're right. I believe you're there. right. Yeah. You know, you played with some great guys when you were yeah. in Alabama, and you know we've had so many good running backs the last four, five, six years. Oh, yeah. uh, we had we don't hadn't talked about Sean Alexander much yeah. lately, but I'm tell you what, that game he had his freshman, his freshman year before you got there got against there, yeah. LSU he had three. Three touchdowns. I went back and watched that game. Oh, it was amazing. Unreal. Unreal. What, and, and of course, he had a he was NFL MVP. Yeah. A man of the year. Yeah. He was. I mean, he, he was pulled out of the game again. I remember against Oakland, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I talked to him that day before, the week before. I said, "Man, you guys going up against the best defense in the league?" He said, "Man, we're going to kill them." And I was like, "Is that same Sean confidence? Or was it arrogance? Is it Kyle? I mean, just that guy. He was just that guy, very confident in what he." And he said, we're going to kill him. I was like, for real? Is that the best defense in the league? And he said, we're going to kill him. And he had 270-something yards rushing or 60-something yards rushing that game. And they pulled him out. And he could have destroyed the record. Um, yeah, whatever it was, it's an ungodly amount of yards rushing. And they pulled him out of the game. But he uh-huh. could have he could have destroyed the record. What was it like playing with him at Alabama? Uh, it was that pacifier, man. You always knew uh, if I get in pr- trouble. I know against LSU in '98, I, I remember throwing a pass towards the end of the game. I just, you know, backed up and threw it to him. I had no idea. You know, I didn't look downfield to get the ball to Sean. And handing the ball off to him was always outstanding. Um, I could, I always gave him a hard time that he wouldn't block when we had to sprint out. He wouldn't block the end for me. So, uh, but he, he is definitely one of those guys who can, uh, you know, lead the team, 
on the field, he's he's just a different guy. Um, he said, "Give me the ball." Was playing Ole Miss in in '99. He said, "Give me the ball, I'm gonna score." And we we're on the 45, 50, you know, backed up or coming out. And he uh, handed the ball and he went about 45, 50. He almost scored. One guy called him, but uh, he asked me, he said, "Where'd that guy come from?" <laughs> I said, uh, "He had you at an angle, man." But uh, he, he was one of those guys, very confident in what he could do and um, just outstanding uh, and and a teammate. And, and a yeah. great guy. Great guy. Great guy. Outstanding teammate. Did exactly um, what you expect one of your leaders to do on the team by, you know, putting your arms around freshmen, you know, being a mentor of those guys, taking us to FCA, you know, making you go. <laughs> He's just one of those guys, like I said, a big brother. And he did an outstanding job. And, uh, and you throw Chris Samuels in that, that same loop. Monster. Yeah. Yeah, well, and he, he just retired. Oh yeah. In fact, I think he just spent a year at Bama as a uh, assistant coach. He did. Yeah, he did. Just had his first kid too. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Hey, you know, during your we're, we're just about out of time here, but okay. I, I wanted to ask you during your playing days at Bama, you you, you not only became the school's all time passing leader up to that point, you set mm-hmm. a record for most touchdown passes. You were named a permanent team captain. Yeah. You're on national TV scads of times. What honor or accomplishment? means the most to you now uh i would say the the i was all at all um sec academic and the team captain um because when i first got there i struggled as in in the classroom because i was i was driving seven seven eight hours home every weekend every other weekend just to get back home homesick uh, and then i was able to battle my way back because i was an honor student coming out of high school but um that getting back to the sec all academic and and being that team captain well, some of the, the things that I remember the most and cherish the most now, and uh, just the fact that I played at Alabama, I am just ex, you know ecstatic and happy. The fact that I'm, I'm associated with one of the greatest institutions in America. Um, and I'm telling you what, right? Now, it is a great time oh, to be from great, Alabama it is great right to now. Be, not not just from Alabama. To be Alabama. Be Alabama. Yes. Oh man, I like the way yeah. you put that. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people from Alabama. There's yeah, another you, school that's in Alabama. You is Alabama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm talking about. And speaking of that, uh, it was a lot of fun watching you guys at the. Uh, for you folks that didn't get to go to the A Day game, and we counted you absent, by the way. Um, <laughs> Uh, the quarterbacks had a, what they call a quarterback challenge yeah. or competition that started before the game and ended up at halftime and got up and had to try to uh, complete some passes to some of the old uh, ex-players oh, standing yeah. around out there and then they had to try to hit uh, Big Al riding back and forth in a golf cart with a fishing net. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we had 10 or 12 guys out there going all the way back to Scott Hunter from the 60s and, yeah. and everything, but I, I got to tell you all now, and I'm not just saying this because he's sitting here, but Andrew can still sling it. Uh, <laughs> I had a good time doing it, man. I I threw it at Big Al a couple of years ago, and after the game or the year next year, he said, uh, "Send me a text." Got a text from Big Al. He said, "Take it easy on me this year." Well, and, and, did you uh, get any nasty phone calls from Antonio Langham because you yeah, started picking on he him? He and there I talked about it in church Sunday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I always tease him because he he feels like I throw the ball too hard. So I I said I'll just mess with him a little. Well, bit. we had him over. He was bending his oh, knees. He was yeah. getting in a football position. Oh, yeah. Now all I, of a sudden, I, I, he was, I mess. I teased him because in '92 he, you know, he picked the ball off against Florida and and, and won the game for us. But uh, and then they, they reenacted it on ESPN and he drops the little floater. And I said, how do you pick off a ball in a, in front of you know millions or whatever? And you in drop, twenty degree yeah, weather exactly. And you drop it. 
uh, when you reenact the thing. And uh, so I just I try to I tell him he's a DB. I'm surprised he didn't drop him off. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. man. Well, man, it's been just a pleasure having you yes, here. We're we out of time. We're about to sign this thing off. But, uh, hey, if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. uh, what's the best way to do that? Andrew Zow at andrewzow.com. Email. That's easy. Hey, you easy. come back and see us again, won't sure you? Sure will. Thank you. Roll Tide. Appreciate it. As we mentioned early on in the show, a lot of awesome things happened this April, but we also want to remember that some pretty awful things happened to a lot of people in April two years ago. So many of us were so profoundly affected by the tornadoes that ripped through Alabama on April 27th. The devastation and destruction of that day was such that it's not even necessary to mention the year in which it took place. The great majority of us just sat back and watched as weather reports revealed the terrible damage that was being done, but hundreds of others lost their lives and thousands were left without a place to live. Our friend and close colleague James Spann was one of many people who exhausted themselves in an effort to warn and inform the many people who were in harm's way. Nature's completely uncontrollable power was on vivid display that day, but we also saw how many people responded by pitching in and pulling together to help neighbors get through that awful event. Two years later, the rebuilding and restoration is far from finished, but we want to salute all those who are still playing a part in helping put people's lives back on track. It's our good pleasure to offer thoughts and prayers on behalf of all those who suffered in so many ways, and we hope that by His grace, they're enjoying brighter days. You know, Alabama's athletic teams have played a big part in providing distractions from the destruction that the April 27 tornado inflicted on so many folks. And along those same lines, we're glad to be in a position to be able to talk about things that help put smiles back on faces and a little joy back in the journey. If you have friends that don't know about the show, let them know they can find us in the podcast section of iTunes or on Stitcher, which is rapidly becoming standard equipment on a lot of new cars now, or at our online home at bigbrainsmedia.com. If you're wondering about the cost, there is none. The downloads and the subscriptions are free, and there's also a free podcast app available for your smartphone or mobile device or your tablet so you can listen to the show on the go. You know, like while you're shopping or while you're shipping Tide for Troops t-shirts overseas, or maybe while you're helping NCAA college football playoff ticket allocation executives pick out a nice Kevlar vest. In any event, you can listen to any of our Bama Talk episodes anytime you like, as much as you like at no charge. If you hit that subscribe button, it saves and stores every show, which makes accessing any or all of them easy and automatic. And considering that it costs absolutely nothing, we think we're worth every penny. Well, the old clock on the wall says it's time to head for the locker room, but before we go, we want to thank Andrew Zal again for dropping by to hang out with us a while. So for Mark Phillips, James Spann, and everybody behind Bama Talk, we sure hope you enjoyed it because we had a ball, y'all. Till next time, take care, have a blessed day, and roll tide.